I'm feeling a real bee pun heavy episode coming on. The bee, alright? It'll be a real honey of a segment. Dog, 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 vulture, pig. Is that a pig or a human? That's a pig. Is that an actual human? Oddly compelling. It's hypnotic. <laughs> Substandard shithouse hamburger. Can you twice? Oh my god damn bitch. I just can't stop listening, listening to this. this If you happen to bomb this recording, turn it off right now. Oh my god damn bitch. You are welcome. We don't want you around. We hate our audience. Hate our audience. You're not welcome. I don't know how. you're listening to bear friend tea party the world's only and first podcast thanks for doing that the original my name is christopher winter and i'm joined in the studio tonight by d gunnard beamish hello bearfriendteaPartyPodcast.com. jeremy mullis of north carolina it's great to be here and dr jonathan bumpers what? Edit out everything up until now. Jeremy, what's on the program tonight? <laughs> That's a really good question. Thank you. Well, we've got Well, we've got a great show for you tonight. Tonight's segment one, Christopher Winter will be doing five randomly selected topics in five minutes. Um segment two, slang terms for eggnog. Uh, that should prove to be a Seasonal number. Discussion. A lively, a lively discussion. <laughs> segment three, is Neil deGrasse Tyson a member of the Harlem Globetrotters? And yes. segment four, Flowers of Disgust Ethics Panel, DuckTales Allowance Day from 1989, wherein Scrooge's nephews trick him into thinking it's a day later than it really was, so he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale ends. But the ploy backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everyone in town becomes convinced it's a day later, including the bike store. That segment promises to be almost exclusively in English. <laughs> um, There's some grammatical yeah, issues with, with the title with of that segment. That's the title. But we can, of the we can address that. I said almost. The Are there enough character? What's the character limit on iTunes? I think there should be a character minimum. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's, that should be the epic, the episode title? You have to be a real character. <laughs> Um, before we get into that, why Did you don't want we us do to emails and shit? Emails and shit. Well, we did get a few interesting comments on uh, episode 00039, The Age of Complex Sandwiches. Great. Mm, classic. Um, listener Quite. Robot Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Robot is in quote marks? Robot is the, in okay. air quotes. All right. Robot, Ed. <laughs> do, do we call them air quotes when they're written down? Well, he's making air quotes. No, I but think, I mean they're written quotes right, does, on so the... Does it say air quotes? <laughs> we have discussed this on the podcast before. <laughs> yes. Um, you're right. I mean, I mean, I think that he is probably using them... As square, scare quotes. Okay, granted, of, we've like, discussed this before, but it's quotes. our year-end review wrap-up segment. So you know, okay. a lot of a lot yes. of topics this covered in 2015. All right, all right. This listeners, listeners, listeners should take note: this is being recorded in December of 2015, <laughs> despite when it may have been uploaded. So, listener, robot Ed, who, who's, who yeah, spells his name. Episodes. <laughs> with robot in quotes, as if to imply, I think, 
that that is a snarky nickname? It's kind of a wink-wink. Listener Robot Ed writes, um, Mount Rushmore is not a hoax. It's for real, dude. What a load of BS. That is an insult to our country's forefathers and shit. Um, that, that, I think, is addressed at uh, a statement I made in our controversial statements segment when yep. I uh, mentioned that Mount Rushmore was a hoax. Mm -hmm. I and, thought it was uh, a hologram. I, I mean, it's look, it's clearly photoshopped. I mean, I think, let's apply Occam's razor. It's, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's the notion that someone would have carved faces into a mountain... It, it, it doesn't stand up to scrutiny. I think it's it's real. I think in reality it's just a lot smaller than people tell you. <laughs> I mean, I, I really... It's, it's that was your explanation your for that Mona Lisa hoax. <laughs> hey -o. Hi -o. I knew I was kind of kicking the beehive with that one. You know, people get very attached to this, uh, this Mount Rushmore. Uh, how, how high are your roundhouse kicks? <laughs> very high. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you want to know more about this, I recommend uh, MountRushmoreTruth.org <laughs> or BearFriendTeaPartyPodcast.com. Get all the facts. Uh, Hashtag Buzz Aldrin is a fraud. Also on that episode, um, <laughs> Ro Robot Ed's email address was MountRushmoreFan99 at, <laughs> at Yahoo.com. Um, also on that episode, Captain Bedhead <laughs> email address eldritchwizardry at gmail.com wrote in to say I am still waiting for your retrospective about the Pet Shop Boys hit single West End Girls release the tapes teach the controversy um, fuck you yeah fuck off yeah I got nothing to say about that we, we uh it, you know it probably just hasn't been edited yet it speaks for itself it's what I mean, yeah. what else is there to say? <laughs> what else is there to say about the Pet Shop Boys hit single Westing Girls? Pet Shop Warner. Boys is a weird name. That is. Yeah, so we that's something like, to say. There's, there's a little preview. There's your discussion. There's a little preview be a of our... band than they actually are. There you go. You, you know, a little teaser of that I sake. would not recognize the Pet Shop Boys if I heard their most popular single. Not even New York City Boy? Wasn't it called Pet Sounds? Wasn't that them? <laughs> <laughs> And Can someone make that hey -oh sound again? Listener and racist former Seinfeld star Michael Richards <laughs> wrote in to say, I am 100% satisfied with the lettuce and tomato hamburgers in my town. <laughs> well, Michael... Uh, thanks for writing in. I, I think you're just... Uh, I think, honestly, uh, Mike... Mike I think you're a little bit. You seem to come off as a little bit jealous of your uh, former former co-star's former work. <laughs> I mean, who isn't? I'm a little yeah. jealous of it myself. I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. Listen, listen, buddy, Mike. I know how you feel. I wasn't in that commercial either. I wasn't in Duckman either. I <laughs> I was in that commercial. I was an extra. I think, Michael, if you're writing in just to say how satisfied you are, I think that kind of you know. Yeah. Raises the question. Well, you know, I think you're, you're, you doth protest, you know, whatever. Mm. Overcompensated. Let's yeah. unsubscribe let's him. Let's employ. I don't want this asshole listening to our podcast. Anymore. Let's employ really? Occam's race. Yeah, we I don't think we're he's not. Our friend Tea Party. Not racist, but number one with racist. I don't want this asshole listening to our podcast. Our friend Tea Party. Not racist, but number one with Let's move on to corrections and addenda. All right. So, look, um, it's the end of 2015, and uh, as many of you know, I kind of keep a running list of corrections that I might make on our podcast. And true. Um, at some point, we have to kind of cut off the correction segment a lot of times during the year. Uh, so. I thought I would just run through really quickly all the remaining corrections <laughs> um, that I still have from 2015. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you can put on that the Benny Hill theme now. 
Episode 00019, a bloody elk carcass stuffed with bonbons. Um, throwing rice at weddings is unrelated to the 1980s fear of being overtaken economically by the Japanese. Um, also on that topic, rice is absolutely fine for birds to eat. Doesn't make them explode, it's an urban legend. Episode 00024, not in a basketball mood, in an addenda to episode 00023, generally confused about this whole turning into a gun thing. John, uh, you stated hair implies the entire ensemble of hair, the entire maison scene. The correct, correct pronunciation is maison scene. Fuck you. Um, also on that episode, a fair 197-sided die is mathematically impossible <laughs> in three dimensions. Episode 00025, build that machine into an anthropomorphized chair. I We've touched on this a couple times, but I am almost 100% sure that Metallica guitarist Kirk Hammett has never been governor of Iowa. <laughs> Episode 0026, we'll let, the we'll let 1955, the where everybody has green dicks. There's a lot on this one. <clears throat> There's nothing particularly necessarily occult about the practice of mummification. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's basically... It's, you know, historically, plenty of examples of mummification. It's basically equivalent to our modern process of embalming. Um, Which is kind of a cult. It's weird, but it's not necessarily a cult. You could, there's plenty of secular embalming practices. The Chronic 2001 was released in the year 2001, not <laughs> 2008, as I stated. The now defunct Silk Road did not deal in slaves. <laughs> Cryptocurrency Dogcoin is actually pronounced with a soft J, as in Dogecoin, though it does have a dog-shaped mascot. The Deep Web and the Dark Web are different things. The former refers to the totality of web content that is not or cannot be indexed by traditional search engines. The latter is a subset of that referring specifically to websites that can only be accessed via the Tor network. Episode 00029, John Hughes, Ring Cycle. There are at least nine types of saxophone known to exist, <laughs> not just one. Christopher Winter does, in fact, on occasion, listen to the Barefoot Tea Party podcast. True. It's a fact. Dancing is not just doing random things. <laughs> John, um, it is impossible for a shark to masturbate. Their fins are not long enough. German candy maker Haribo does not sell a product called gummy bears. They sell what? gold bears gummy candy. Gummy bars or gummy bar is a generic term for a bear-shaped gummy candy. Episode zero 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 three six. Human teeth. Bob Newhart, comedian Bob Newhart, had four TV shows. The Bob Newhart Show, Newhart, Bob, and George and Leo. The latter two were pretty short-lived. Episode 00038, I'm your DJ now. I have no corrections. Episode <laughs> Damn right. 00039, The Age of Complex Sandwiches. Ladies, it would be highly impractical to have sex with a Burger King Whopper sandwich, and it would be extremely unlikely to satisfy you sexually. Sorry. Uh, uh, um, episode 00041, working title Big Daddy Longstroke. In the, sing in the single, I Got a Man by Positive K, the assertion, your man's a headache, I'll be your aspirin, is really not a straw man argument. <laughs> it is basically just an unsubstantiated derogatory metaphor. And I have a few general corrections. Um... <laughs> David Bowie did not win Super Bowl 48 or any other Super Bowl, has never played in the Super Bowl or any NFL game, and has never even performed in the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> Had to check that last one. <laughs> the Bear Friend Tea Party podcast is not streamed live. <laughs> is not a call-in show, nor is it a live public access call-in show. The following internet website URLs are erroneous. <laughs> BearFriendTeaPartyPodcast.com BearFriendTeaPartyPodcast.gov FloversOfDisgust.shoes StupidCatGame.com 
barefrintteaparty.podcast/yale.edu. That's not even a properly formed URL. Uh, flowers.podcast.discussed.biz.shoes. Technically possible, but not real. Uh, Stupidcatgame.com/barefrintteaparty. Buzz Aldrin, the astronaut official podcast.com. Dogattackvideogame.com. MountRushmoreTruth.org and NatureBox.com. We regret the error. Jeremy, can I, um, can I, since we're since we're clearing the deck for 2015, can I offer just a few corrections of things I may have said during the course of the year? Uh, yeah. Uh, very quickly, dogs are not out to get me. Uh, you can eat arsenic, but you should not. It is not true that we use only 15 percent of our noses. <laughs> <laughs> Speak so for yourself. Richard Burton was never the Prime Minister of Belgium. Belgium, in fact, does not even have a Prime Minister. As a rule, blue cheese is actually orange. The planet Jupiter does not have 12, 12 moons. In fact, the planet Jupiter does not exist. I regret the errors. <clears throat> I think some of those are jokes. It's hard to know. That is what you were doing. Moving on to Adenda. In episode 00039, The Age of Complex Sandwiches, we were discussing the ill-fated McDonald's McDLT sandwich. Classic sandwich. Amazing sandwich. Classic and, lettuce uh, and tomato hamburger. One of the issues that came up a few times was, how much does the McDLT cost? How much mm. did it cost? <laughs> and this is a surprisingly difficult figure to uh, get a handle on. Um, McDonald's, Mickey D's, uh, the Big D, does not publish even their current pricing information, let alone historic pricing information. Really? And the prices of their products vary somewhat between, you know, well, certainly from country to country, but also even just within the U.S., from state to state and franchise to franchise. Well, sure. Now, that I think I knew. Well, especially if you're on, like, a, you know, limited access highway restaurant and... So yeah, yeah, yeah. They, or in it's airport, very like in an airport. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll get into that a little more <laughs> over the course of this agenda. But I did do a little research. Um, now, John. Yeah. I've got. To, I do have a brought a little handout here. John, do you want to uh, take a look at Exhibit A here and, and describe describe what you what you're seeing there? Exhibit A. That's that top photo there. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I'll be in the uh, link for that in the description. Uh, exhibit A appears to be, uh, and this is according to the caption uh, <laughs> underneath the picture, a freeze frame of a McDonald's lettuce and tomato sandwich <laughs> with a, a dollar. Well, oh, well, it looks like the, the picture says $1.95, but Jeremy, you wrote $195. That, that's a typo. That's a typo. <laughs> Which one? The, uh, when I said $195. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway, it looks like it was $1.95 in wherever this Well, was. and the provenance of that freeze frame is unclear. You want to give this back? Because Danny, Danny is our still French at expert. I'm looking at Exhibit B now. No, don't look no, at don't Exhibit look at Exhibit B. B. Yeah. I kind of folded it over so I could see it. I did. God damn it! So yeah, should really be a separate. You should, so, yeah, this you should is, have stapled it so I couldn't unfold it. If you look at the, uh, this is on the front. This this image is from the McDonald's Wikia. This is. I'll just pass this around so you can see. It. You can see very clearly. It's very clearly depict. This is a would appear to be a video still of the McDonald's yeah. McDLT. It's quite clear with the one ninety five price there. Now, Danny, if you Where, would if you would look at Exhibit B, I'm just. Couldn't they, uh, McDonald's couldn't even afford to run color advertisements? <laughs> I don't have a color printer. <laughs> Exhibit B. <clears throat> Tough crowd tonight. Yeah. Uh, le. Le. McDLT. Le McDLT. Usually they just. It's just the way the English word is set. Uh, <laughs> Exhibit B. Le ill-fated. <laughs> Le McDe. Danny, could you describe? Oh. Could you describe Exhibit B to the podcast audience? Exhibit B. It looks. It appears to be a 
like a button, like a pin, like a little, uh, you know, thing you pin onto your lapel. It's like a campaign like button. A campaign button. Was McDLT running for Senate? Running for something. And, uh, and it, it's, it says... Canadian Senate, I guess. Oh, uh, that's interesting. The, the, the slogan, the French Canadian slogan for Parliament. McDonald's... Canadian, no, Canadian Senate. ...was a J apostrophe, the M, the arches, so it was... Zoom. I guess it's like, means something. Uh, my my <laughs> assumption was that this was a Quebecois. <sighs> no, I mean, it doesn't but, have English on it, though. Le, uh, le, le hamburger avec lettuce et tomato de McDon- McDonald's. So that translates as McDonald's lettuce and tomato hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you've done a pretty good job. I will point out a couple things. Um, number one... We can describe. It. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. On this button, there's a <laughs> photograph of a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> on top of the hamburger, there's some writing in in a variety of fonts, some of which are more exciting than others. The more exciting, <laughs> most exciting, says "Nouveau!" Exclamation point. And, and that translates in English roughly to novice. <laughs> <laughs> That is an interesting translation. Can I take that again? They come from the same root word. That root word, root word is no. That means okay, which means we'll cut it right there. Which means new exclamation point. Uh, the exclamation point is translated as exclamation point. Le McDLT. And rail means rail. It says, and under that in smaller print. Is le hamburger avec lettuce et tomato de McDonald's, and that means the hamburger with the lettuce and the tomato of the McDonald's. <laughs> this was a bad idea. To... And this is page one of how many pages? <laughs> is, this a, is this a printout of a stock ticker? Danny, could you read the price? Because I couldn't read it because it was in French. Oh, the price is about dollar ninety-five. So oh. it was. It, is that how? You, is so that is Canadian dollars, or, or is that Canadian dollars? I, I was it's assuming presumably this was Canadian. Canadian dollars. Yeah. Canadian dollars, it would be like even more worthless, right? Don't they? Use I mean, the if it were francs, symbol? it would, well, that, have, a so sign, it would yeah. not have a dollar. The reason sign, I have yeah. shown you both of these. Um, <laughs> Go on. These are the only. This is. These are the only segment. Will not. End. It's not a segment. Should we just move on? No, this is no, a continuation. No, 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 no. Of the, uh, these were the only. This was all I could find in terms of like actual representations of the McDLT along with the price. Not just um, and seeing this freeze frame, I assumed. <laughs> well, maybe it's a dollar ninety-five American. <laughs> when I look down at the bottom and I see this probably French Canadian button advertising the new. McDLT and advertising it as 195. I feel like maybe this top one is also Canadian, and that's oh. also like the, the Canadian price. Mm, that's that a good point. American? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, Chris, Bear friends tea party. So the best historical pricing data we have for McDonald's is probably the Big Mac index, which is put out by the Economist. Um, and that'll give us kind of a rough idea of the price differences between the Big Mac in the Canadian and U.S. markets. And if, if Chris, you're looking at the, I believe, the 1986 data there, the uh, which is the first year of the Big Mac index, yep. the McDLT actually yep. was released in 1984. Yeah, Jeremy. So, so I'm looking at Exhibit C, which is, as you say, the Economist's Big Mac index, and this is what was published September 6th of 1986. And, uh, and could, you, could you tell us the price of the Big Mac in can- Canada? Can- yes. Can- uh, someone has helpfully circled <laughs> Canada on this printout um, so as to help me find it. Uh, the local price in Canada of a Big Mac was $1.89, and I believe that that's converted into American dollars... That becomes a dollar thirty-six. What was if I'm the, reading this chart correctly? What was the American price of the Big Mac? American price was a dollar sixty. If you translate that into American dollars, that's a dollar sixty. Right. Uh, so the exchange rate at the time for one American dollar to another was one to one, 
whereas uh, Canadian dollars was, I guess, 139 to 1. Now, if you will look at the, the, the exhibits, um, D and E will have the Big Mac indexes, also from 1991, the final year of the McDLT, and 2015, to give you an idea of the prices today. Okay, so uh, in 1991, the price of a Big Mac in Canada was 235. Mm -hmm. In the United mm -hmm. States, it was 225. Okay. And um, in wait, that's Exhibit D again. Oh well, I may have fucked up. In uh, 2015, the price of a Big Mac in Canada was 570. Jeez. Wow, that's 70. And in the United States, here in in God's wow, United States. Four seventy nine. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's a lot of money for a substandard shithouse hamburger. And that, that I assume is I assume that to be kind of the median price of the Big Mac across the U.S. If One presumes the, so. the final page is the uh, what I, I, I exhibit take to be e. kind of the yeah exhibit E is the <clears throat> well tell us what that is. Um, looking at exhibit E here, uh, this is McDonald's base prices. It, it appears to be their standard prices for extra value meals and the dollar menu and more. <laughs> and, what, and what is the Big Mac on there? Base price for a Mac, Big Mac, uh, according to this chart, is three ninety nine. I don't see a date on this one. I, I'm assuming it's current. That's current, uh, as current as I could find. So their base price for a Big Mac uh, at present is three ninety nine. From what I can tell, about the cheapest you're going to get a Big Mac for in the U.S. is around $4.00. Today. That seems reasonable. And now, yes. if you look at that same cell, so there is exhibit no, e. no, that's it. But if you look at exhibit E, could you tell us the price of the we should two cheeseburgers? A little more research. Uh, the price of two cheeseburgers. Uh, do you want that as a meal or just the two cheeseburgers? Just the straight up a la carte two cheeseburgers. You know, the meal is really good value. Tell us both. Okay, the two cheese. You know what? The meal is not that great value. Uh, two cheeseburgers, you're looking at $2. $2. Base value. In 2015, yeah. you can get two cheeseburgers, two McDonald's cheeseburgers for two dollars in 2015. And Jeremy, just just to break that down, that that comes out to about one dollar per cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done the math, but just and you're telling you know, me back of the envelope calculation. Yeah. There. You, you have an envelope over there. I don't. So so what can right what can, what can we take away from this? Um, I mean, party. I, I suppose lesson one. You, you you didn't do much research. I mean, it's, you Does really, really, really just skimmed the, the surface. Uh, Barely skimmed the surface. Does this chart discuss the ontology of the meal items at all? No, I mean, I, that, I think what I would take away to our own what I what I would take away from this is that the Big Mac is generally more expensive than the cheeseburger. <laughs> I think what we I think what we can assume from this. Uh -huh. That the McDLT yep. was probably comparably priced to the Big Mac, or perhaps a bit cheaper. Okay, that makes sense at the to time me. because it, they're all hamburgers, right? They, I mean, they so are, like they like, are all hamburgers. You wouldn't expect the McDLT to be. Um, Five figures. The quest, like I mean, the price of a car. A question, I would not that, a question that. that came up during our discussion of the McDLT, the ill-fated McDLT, was mm -hmm. um, whether it was an upgrade. Was this a higher-priced sandwich? Uh -huh. Well, hold on, hold on. You're, you're comparing it to the Big Mac, which is their like signature large burger, right? Which, shouldn't you compare it to their basic large burger? burger. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Are that's you, what he's that's what he's doing here, John. That's what he's, you got to read between the lines. You got to read. Look, I, isn't their is, standard burger the quarter pounder, which we didn't even discuss? If I had historical price, had we historical pricing data on the quarter pounder, I would be very interested to see it because I think what the what the McDLT was like the McLean after it, the Arch Deluxe after that, and the Big and Tasty after that. All of these were basically souped-up quarter-pound hamburgers. Yeah. So I would expect them to be. A slightly more expensive than the price of the quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah, I would. I would say the more that I look at this, uh, and I think you've laid it out very clearly, uh, the conclusions we can draw, we can deduce from the evidence here, um, 
Big Ma uh, McDLT in Canada <clears throat> cost around one ninety five. That's comparable to the price yeah. of a Big Mac yeah. in Canada at now, the time. Now we don't know when the McDLT launched in Canada. Mm. Did it launch in nineteen eighty nine? Canada it, could have been like, a test market. Was it like two years ago? Try yeah. it in Canada first. <laughs> Is see it if still it works? available in Canada? Who Road knows? Drift. Maybe they didn't get the memo. It could have been the first lettuce and tomato <laughs> hamburger uh, released in Canada. It is still there, the there 90s were, there were probably Canada, right? Canadians walking around at the time, you know, mystified at the lettuce and tomato on their hamburgers, never having seen such things before. Uh, yeah, it appears that the McDLT was priced comparable to the Big Mac, which meant it would have been um, more expensive than your standard hamburger, your standard uh, 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 quarter pounder. That's my, that's all I wanted to say. Segment one. Five randomly selected oh, topics in five minutes. Okay, so I'll be leading this topic. <laughs> all right, I'll be leading this segment. This segment, uh, the, the conceit <clears throat> of this segment is that uh, our uh, longtime podcast contributor, Christopher Winter, We'll be expounding on five random topics Their friend tea party. for 60 seconds apiece for a total of five minutes. Um, these topics will be chosen at random from the Bear Friend Tea Party Potential Segment Topics database, which currently uh, contains exactly 566 <laughs> potential song, <coughs> five, songs, 566 <laughs> potential segment topics. Uh, we'll be needing uh, 60 seconds on the clock. I believe uh, Jonathan Bumpers will be taking care of that. Does he get to... Uh, here, the, here and, and, uh, and we will be needing a 566-sided die emulator. I believe uh, Jeremy Mullis of North Carolina will be taking care of that. Got it. Um, My only question is if we've already done that topic... Oh yeah, duplicate topics will be skipped automatically. Otherwise, with oh, I don't uh, know. otherwise, yeah, I guess uh, so. Christopher Winter will have two and only two in reserve opportunities to skip a topic. Oh, okay. Can I call them passes? He can. He will have two. I can say pass. passes. Does it count if you did the topic in your ten random topics, or it has to have been a full segment topic? It has to have been a full segment topic. Okay, that seems fair. That, that seems, seems fair. fair. It is that fair. Seems fair. Yeah. Because Do I get extra points if I don't use the passes? <coughs> no. no. You don't. They, they don't. They don't roll over. Wise move is to use those passes. And let's go. <laughs> oh, all right. Timer's gone. No, no. You you start the timer after. Topic After is the topic. Okay, okay. All right. Four. Number four. Topic number four is Thai food played out. Go. Absolutely not. Uh, thai food, when it is properly prepared, is a, a joy to the taste buds. It's a joy to the eyes. It's a joy to the nose receptors, whatever they're called. Uh, Thai food may have been fashionable at one point and now be less fashionable. It's, it's, it's simply not the case uh, to say that it's played out. That's absurd. It's offensive. And fuck you for even suggesting it, frankly. Um, oh, oh. Thai food prepared badly without the use of the correct ingredients uh, is, is shithouse and shouldn't even be considered Thai food. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I defy you to be at a roadside... You, uh, 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 pod Thai shack, you know, scoffing down some some just just prepared Pod Thai. It's not played out. How it's, it's absurd to even suggest that. It's, it's like and saying, that's all the time we have. Our next topic, next topic is one sixty-two. Topic one hundred and sixty-two is our CD samplers bullshit. Um, I do not know what a CD sampler is, but I'm going to say almost certainly yes. Uh, I mean, this is 2015, so number one, I mean, who even listens to CDs anymore? Probably Danny. Danny probably has a lot of CDs as well as yeah, a like lot of records of those, like, and cassettes bare front tea party and all sorts of available stuff. on compact discs. Um, <laughs> I, at Bear Friend Tea Party. Podcast. I mean, it, it sounds like anything 
anything, frankly, that ends in the word sampler is probably bullshit. Uh, a chocolate sampler is just gonna be, you know, a chocolate sampler, sampler is gonna be a few Jeez, good chocolates, a few good chocolates combined with a lot of really shitty chocolates. A lot of, I had forgotten that I had a pass. Tough, <clears throat> tough, tough, um, a little, little bit late now. One of those, uh, one of those things that you do a uh, needle point with the alphabets. Topic number is 214. Topic 214 just so happens to be that owl over there is staring at me. <laughs> Pass. Pass. <laughs> yeah, deny it all you yeah. want. Yeah. Pass 493. Topic 493. That old girl is. You have one 493. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Really? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, the answer to that question was Judge Doom, I believe. I think his name was Judge Doom. Could have been Judge Dune. The opening of the movie, he appeared to be a human. He seemed like a weird guy, like a scary human, but he was he he was spoiler alert human. Oh no, I'm gonna let this. I'm gonna I'm gonna let it all out. Obviously, this will mainly be uh, samples. This will mainly be samples from that yeah. movie. Edited. He turned out he turned out to be uh, a tune, an insane tune. Uh, he was homicidal. He framed Roger Rabbit. He killed Eddie Valiant's brother. He attempted to kill Eddie and Roger. Why? What was his motivation? His motivation was he wanted to build freeways. He wanted yeah. to dismantle the red car. Thank you. Uh, he was an investor in Cloverleaf Industries. He, he was a and sole he wanted stockholder. To, he I was have, the sole stockholder. Why Thank you. did that require him to frame Roger Rabbit? It's unclear. Uh, history has yet no, to because determine why it was stood necessary in the way of the to frame Roger Rabbit. That's, that's more of a topic. Yeah, I mean, we should yeah. for that for a while. Next topic is... No, no, I'm happy for you to four, jump in. Is this number four or number five? Topic 463. Four or number five? Four, I think. Okay, just so I know is for the past. No, topic 463 <laughs> is... How did McDonald's reconcile naming their short-lived diet hamburger the McLean with the fact that there was already a long-established, world-famous musician named Don McLean? Pass. I have no more passes. Two more topics. Zero passes remain. That is correct. <laughs> number fifty-one. Topic number fifty-one. That old funny topic. It is. Are Rage Against the Machine capitalist phonies? That's an easy one. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer phonies, yes. Capitalist, probably not. My impression is that Rage Against the Machine were very sincere about their ridiculous political beliefs and also sincerely believed they were producing good music, which they were not, um, and that they are responsible for a lot of really terrible music that oh. came after them. Um, in fact, I think I heard recently that Rage Against the Machine actually apologized <laughs> for, what was the band they apologized for? Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit. Um, and rightfully so. And that, and that leads me to conclude that they were very sincere about what they were doing. Probably all that right they recognized, they had made a mistake, they created this circumstances in which Limp Biscuit could happen, something like Limp Biscuit could happen to this Limp, country. Well, Limp Biscuit was inevitable. I'm not sure it was. And is this the final time? No, this, this is topic three. Topic what? three? This is topic this five. Is third of five. All right. This is number five. I like this. It 345. <laughs> number 345. Topic well, number three. If he does well, maybe he'll get a bonus. Topic number three. Fuck. Topic 345. This is really stressful. I know. Topic 345 is... What does it mean for jazz to be smooth? <laughs> oh, I remember one you minute. One more pass. I only oh, have... No, I don't have any more passes. Pass. Oh, oh. Um, Carry on. I... Oh, God. I mean... It's difficult for me to even put words to this because uh, jazz should not, should never be smooth. You can play us a few records if that would help. Jazz, uh, uh, jazz can be hot. It can be cool. 
example. It can be filthy. Let me give you an example. It can. It obviously it can and should swing at all times. It should never be. Jazz, jazz should swing. That's just all there is. Look, I'm not, I, I can't get into that. I can't get. I can't. I can't get into that in one minute. And frankly, you know, if you need to ask about that, you're not gonna, uh, for jazz, for jazz to be smooth means that it has become something crappy and other than jazz. Uh, it has become essentially easy listening music with diminished chords. I think that was so good. You deserve a bonus round. And your I special think. bonus topic get a bonus is pass? number one. Bonus. It did not come out as number one. Number one. How, is, what are the odds of that? Really? The what? odds are one in 500 and yeah. whatever. That's, I forgot how many topics like there were. like all the other topics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, aren't you a doctor? <laughs> John is. That's why he jumped in so quickly to correct this all right, ridiculous... Topics. Segment number one is the uh, the header row for the database. Yes, I go by the oh. row numbers. So oh, actually, these, that means we have to redo that means all these of have those. All been those wrong. were all wrong. They've all been wrong. No, so I not. They're not wrong <laughs> if he has to speak to segment. 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 Um, <laughs> a. Segment? No, 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 I'm not doing segment. All right, I think we can. We, can we override this? Pass. Yeah, All right. And your yeah, special you bonus pass. topic is Come on, European financial crisis. Thirty-eight. Number topic number five thirty-eight dot com is Jonathan Gibson versus Danny Gibson. Who's better? <laughs> okay, that is a tough call. No. Jonathan on the Gibson one hand, being Dr. Jonathan Bones. Yeah. On on the one hand, most people will probably agree that on average Jonathan Gibson is less of an asshole. Mm. Not not an asshole, but less of an asshole. However, you want Danny Gibson to play a solo on one of your songs, he's going to do it. <laughs> he's going to burn it up. He's going to do it. Yeah. He's going he's not going to Make a thing about it. He's not going to start playing it and then stop. You're going to get that often with Jonathan Gibson. I'm going to make a fantastic. You're going to get that often. He might have like Bob Hurtenstein come and like be like, "Hey, yeah." Now Danny Gibson will sometimes disrupt your podcast. But I think it's been established that all four of us will frequently disrupt your podcast. So I don't know if we can hold that against him at this stage. He's been pretty on topic recently. And as his wife recently pointed out to me, he has a fucking family and stuff. So I'm going to say Danny Gibson. Sorry. Segment two, slang terms for eggnog. Is everyone ready? Ready. All right, I'll start since I have the most. Uh, Reindeer come. Oh, that's really similar to one of mine. Um, All right. Come on. Elf tears. Santa's liquid helper. Xmas juice. Chinese milk. Dr. Claus's wondrous cure-all tonic. The White Christmas. <laughs> Old Man Winter's accident tonic. Angel pus. <laughs> Reindeer semen. <laughs> Nog heaven. Liquid egg stone. Canadian sky canoe. Bourbon, or possibly Jack Daniels. <laughs> the vicious, viscous Christmas hog. Los Noggies. The Nog. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Drinky Pudding. Nogger. Christmas Jolly Juice. E-Nog. The Canadian Sky Canoe. <laughs> Yule Brenner's Penis Serum. Uh, Santa's Special Sauce. Norwegian Orange Juice. <laughs> Jazz Milk. <laughs> <laughs> Elf puke. I'm out. I'm out. Mexican eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's it. Nick. There we go. All right. Segment three. Is Neil deGrasse Tyson a member of the Harlem Globetrotters? No. Segment four. <laughs> 
Flowers of Disgust Ethics Panels. DuckTales Allowance Day from 1989, wherein Scrooge's nephews trick him into thinking it's a day later than it really is, so he will give them... So he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale ends. But the ploy backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everybody in town becomes convinced it's a day later, including the bike store. Their friend, Tea Party. This is uh, Danny's topic, so I'll be starting us off. Um... First off, just to give a quick summary of the, uh, the plot of this episode of DuckTales. Um, in this episode, Allowance Day from 1989, uh, Scrooge's nephews, uh, <laughs> Huey, Dewey, and Louie, trick him into thinking it's a day earlier than it really is. Wait, why? So, so that he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale ends. Mm-hmm. But, Are there any consequences well, for that action? Well, the ploy backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everyone in town becomes convinced it's a day later. Wait, everyone? Yeah, including the bike store. Everyone in the world, really. That's nuts. Upon upon watching it again, it's really implausible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ducks can't even talk. Well, this was before the internet. Uh, so, <laughs> even more so. Um, Jenny, why don't you start us off? I just led the past two topics. I'm not leading this one. It's your topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just change that. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, the spreadsheet so, here. I mean, I, this, I have... This is an ethics panel. Um, Chris, you watched this episode at regular speed. Would right. Would you be interested in kind of leading and moderating this ethics panel? Well, I mean, I have some some notes on the episode. Great. Well, make no- sure we just run the audience through the, like, you know, the conceit of the episode. Bare bones. <laughs> okay, so um, essentially what happens is Scrooge's <laughs> nephews trick him into thinking Huey, it's a Dewey, day later Lewis, than it really Lewis, is. Right? Yep. Huey, Huey, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Lewis. Dewey exactly. And, and Truman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the new. 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 The new. new, new. <laughs> Look, um, I, I did watch this episode earlier this afternoon, cool. and uh, um, I've got a lot of notes on it. The only really ethics-related note I have here is at the bottom... <laughs> Um, I don't think this episode is relevant to any ethical system, whether consequentialist, deontological, or virtue. What shows do you know? I mean, well, du- I mean, DuckTales I'm not is, really sure at its what... heart, a nihilistic vision of the universe. <laughs> True. It is about... A nightmare vision. A, it's a nightmare vision of a surreal... Duck-based society. It's a where, nightmarish duckscape. You know where time is controlled not by like, you know, not by physical, you know, like stuff, but, but by, by like, a corporate Scrooge's calendar. Yeah, yeah. By, it's, yeah it's, a, a cap, an exploitative capitalist system. Right. His, his capitalist is is clearly glorified. Mm. Can we actually... He, he, has, he has a giant dollar sign mowed into the grass. Doesn't he realize at the end of every episode that, like, the true way to be rich is, like, to have family and love and shit? I mean, certainly not at the end of this That's episode. just a convenient yes. byproduct. Well, not, not, not at the end of the episode we're discussing. Seems like his uh, family cost him a lot of money in this episode and almost had him killed, but... Oh, can we can we get, get on the capitalism? Second, third, and fourth act. You know, should we take it back even further? And like, so how is it that we... Huey, Dewey, and the news <laughs> convince convince Uncle Scrooge that can, it is a day early? Before we get to that, okay. can we? Because Danny, because we brought up the capitalism and how his capitalism is is clearly glorified. He sleeps in a bed with a big mu- dollar sign on the. Has, yeah, building okay. with his money inside. And this is a money This is a show that this is a the tallest hill in town. This is a show that glorifies uh, a successful capitalist. Yeah. And yet, 
When his three nephews ask him for their allowance a day early, he refuses and he says, sorry lads, you know how I feel about advancing money. What the fuck? Chris. The whole point of capitalism, the meaning of the word is whoever's got the money lends it, AKA mm. invests their capital mm. in productive enterprise at interest with the purpose of getting a, a profit. Well, Scrooge keeps it in a large tower Why on his property. Why would he not? In gold doubloons. You know how I feel about advancing money. That's the whole, that, that is that capitalism. Is capitalism. That is, 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 is capitalism. On, is his money been well, on his if Scrooge, I mean, Scrooge, if, if Scrooge, if Scrooge were a genuine capitalist, if he were a genuine capitalist, he would lend the money to his nephews at interest. No, he would he teach had, them a lesson he the and he would make up. a tidy he, profit. He, he sort of represents the American dream, honestly. Because he, his entire fortune is built on literally the American dream is a duck one, with a top hat one and no dime. pants. Number one, He's number dime. one dime. So he didn't get any handouts, which is okay. No, no, you're, seems to be magic. Danny, you're, you're, you're. I am not talking about handouts. I have two questions I'm talking about, about the money bin investment. So are we talking about they're related? Not really. A number one, like, like, like a crazy. What I'm like, saying okay, yeah. is ability to swim in the money. Well, that's he's just he's he's hoarding bullshit. gold. But like, is he is hoarding gold. That's a good point. His money bin contains all his money. You know, I thought we'd interrupt each other less when we're all sitting around the table like this. And then the other question I have, but that's not the case. If that's not his money. Well, is I'm, it just for show? Like, is I it like when you go to one of those like stores with the, with the barrels of candy, yeah. where like if you dig down past Did a few really inches, the, the barrels are not actually completely filled with money? Yeah. Like, does he just have like a few feet of gold coins there? In the with a diving board on top. You couldn't swim in gold coins, could you? No, you Because wouldn't. they're so heavy. And Jeremy pointed, if you weren't busy talking about what you were trying to say, <laughs> you, you would have heard Jeremy said that that's clearly fanciful uh, nonsense. I mean, that, that's just like a, like a... I think it's a metaphor. I mean, we already knew it was fanciful. It's a metaphor for him being very rich. And ducks don't wear hats. Is he, though? Is he rich? Yes, he's incredibly rich. He's I mean, we're told that. Also All of his things have dollars on them. Oh, do you think that maybe he's actually not that rich? But he's all, very, all of is, the ostentatiousness no, is, is just trying to make up for the stated. Yeah, yeah, I think it might all be for every show. episode. You think Flintheart Glomgold has more money than him? <laughs> I think Flintheart is a. Is, I, is, I did is not is bring a, up Flintheart Glomgold. I think Flintheart Glomgold is a like an age, like a what do you call it, a ringer. You think he's not even really? I would not be surprised to learn, perhaps in the final episode, oh. that Scrooge McDuck and Flintheart Glomgold are We're the same person. Same yeah. Oh, I, well, thought, I thought you were going to say that Flintheart Glomgold doesn't exist at all. Well, they're two sides of the same coin. question because it's they're like McCavity and Mister Mustafa. In the show, wait, Scrooge McDuck is McCavity and Mister in the world. But there are what? other animals in this world. I mean, canon. it's more convenient. To, it's canon. It's, it's more convenient duck. because the, you know they aren't on the same stage. Yeah, when you think about it, they never show up on stage at the same time. When you think about it, because you don't have the same actor playing. Why would we're you not make talking it the same about actor. cats? We're are you guys talking, talking about, about ducks? ducks. We're we obviously talking about cats. When you think about it, the richest duck in the world. wouldn't actually be that rich. In the real world, ducks don't use money. No, wait, he's wait. Oh no, the richest, the richest duck, duck in the world, in the world oh, would like have like a, a lot of bread. Eight a ten dollar bill, maybe. <laughs> whoa, like. you're I didn't hear. Oh, whoa, whoa, right. Duck, like he, the, he's the, the richest, richest duck, duck in, the world? in the world. Yeah. Well, where are all the people? All the people are dogs. Is yeah. this <laughs> like a? <laughs> right, yeah. I, is it like a post-apocalyptic scenario? It seems like you've got dogs and It's ducks. like Planet of the Apes, but for ducks. It's terrifying. <laughs> Nobody watched that show. It's a nightmarish, you know. Yeah, that show, this show is not for kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> listeners, if... Uh, if, if any of you were for, uh, unfortunate enough to have watched the Disney Afternoon as a child, uh, my heart goes out to you. 
<laughs> so, I have one more sort of. Yeah, I think we covered well, you, that first. You'll notice. You'll notice. I mean, if you if you really study the show and its its use of you know its characterization of different species, you'll notice that that like the villain characters are are invariably portrayed as dogs. Magic of Dispel. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Magic of Dispel. Flintheart Glomgold. You mean the big boys are dogs. <laughs> you mean the beagle boys are dogs. I'm not even talking about like the big bad. You can't ignore the I'm talking about the like like the everyday like assholes that like surround them. You know, like you mean the chief antagonist of the series. If you look Magic back at this episode, episode, who was on his board though? I think there was a. a his they were all was dogs. A, his butler was a dog. Oh yeah. They what were about all Duckworth? Dogs. What about Duckworth? Duckworth, Duckworth was, was no one was better than Duckworth. But Duckworth is like constantly undermining Scrooge. At every well, turn. You know, he's like, he knows better than Scrooge. Okay. But he doesn't dare. Duckworth thinks that he's Jeeves to Scrooge's booster. And he is. Whatever that means. He's, he's more like it, the, the show would be a lot better. He's more like the, so this is that, who, is the, who is Batman's Duckworth? Alfred Michael yeah, Payne. He thinks who that. Was, did you just say who was Batman's Duckworth? Okay, so, so <laughs> you know what I mean. I did. I did. So this is really interesting. Um... Scrooge came from nothing, right? And that's what we're told. I'm looking yeah, at that's, this. That's, that's apocryphal. It, and yet, here, here's this photo, here's this freeze frame of, like, inside his house. Who is this? Like, he's got a framed portrait on the wall of some duck from the past wearing a top hat. It's probably himself. Or is that Duck Abraham Lincoln? Okay, Duck right. Abraham. I was thinking it must have been some rich answer. Yeah, it would have been Duck Abraham. I see how yeah. you're trying to undermine the concept of the show with the freeze frame you happen to come across <laughs> first. Can I, um, <laughs> Part of the premise of this episode... That's how you do research. Part of the premise of this episode... Right. Yeah. Part of the premise of this episode... Part of the premise of this episode... Part of the... Wait, wait, you don't... Why did I even watch this show? Part of the premise of this episode is that Scrooge gets in trouble because the whole uh, confusion over what day it is puts his Banana Brand Flakes factory and the banana public at risk. Now, we are told that Fenton needed to renew the lease in time. Fenton Crackshell. Fenton yeah, Crackshell. I assume everybody knows where we I didn't even know who Fenton was. Fenton Crackshell. Oh, my note, fucking my, shit. My notes from the beginning, my second... Dressed up as Gizmo Duck. My second... Fenton Crackshell was... You must have been surprised okay, when okay, you came to okay. Gizmo My what first... I was. <laughs> my first note on this episode was Huey, Dewey, and Louie have very irritating voices. And my second Come is... On. Who the fuck is Fenton? Is that a real thing? Are you serious? Why would I lie? I, I don't know why. Why would I pretend did. not you to have recognized continue. Fenton Crackshell? <clears throat> the premise is... Did you ever watch the show? I am no longer a child. He was more of a tailspin did, guy. Didn't. No, he's more of a gummy bears guy. I think he's they are for the MTR pocket. Yeah, I do like tailspin. Um, <laughs> that came after that. Oh, 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 oh. Now, Tailspin. That's oh, when they got it right. Tailspin. Now, yeah, that, that is a different Disney segment. Friends, yeah. friends, 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 Tailspin. That was, I mean, that was the Disney Spin it. Okay. Let's begin it. Um, the, so the whole point is Fenton couldn't renew the lease in time because there's this confusion over the day. And if he doesn't really renew the lease in time, General Chiquita will own the factory. Mm-hmm. Well, what the fuck? It doesn't make any that sense. That does not make any sense. The whole, a lease is, when you lease something, it's like you're renting it. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Traditionally, so basically. Scrooge didn't own the factory. He was leasing it. It's never the case. It's never the case that if you stop leasing some, something, it Back becomes the property party, of some other party. third person. I remember that really well, wasn't, bothering what, me as a child. Well, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't that guy the head of the government? General Chiquita, yes. Yeah. He was the head of the government. He was like, really leasing he it wants. from the government. Well, but, but, yeah, it's true. Like, like if, he, if Scrooge was leasing it, 
he already didn't own it. Yeah, General yeah. Chiquita. It was. It already right. belongs it, it, to General Chiquita. But, and yet, but I General Chiquita is all like, "Oh, now the factory is mine." One of those. It was already yours. I think Come on, it's said when he's speaking colloquially, now it's mine, and now I have control yeah. over if you don't it. I think do the, issue, this time, the issue yeah. is it's just, just the timing. Writing. Like it's just the deadline. The deadline of to sign the lease. I don't think anyone and and the transfer of you know who has control of it would not happen. I don't think any of the Ducktales writers. Potency. If you just ignore the practicality. I don't think any of the Ducktales writers even know what a lease is. Well, neither did the audience. Well, they were all homeless. They know. Yeah. Well, that's probably true. I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, it is lazy writing. I mean, at least you know in the movie UHF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. When there was like a deadline after which you know George Newman would lose U sixty two to the evil you know corporate conglomerate. You know, Their that friend, mm-hmm. yeah. General Banana, Chiquita. Chiquita. General Chiquita. General Chiquita. Banana. A very offensive stereotype. An extremely, you know, <laughs> you know. Come on, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. General Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At least that kind of made sense if when you grew up and learned what deeds and leases and shit. So yeah, lazy writing. I'm sorry, I zoned out. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> also, welcome to me during your earlier. Also, their friend tea party. Scrooge and Fenton are about to be executed for assaulting General Chiquita. But then they see the banana eclipse and they realize it's actually Friday. Their friend. And so now they didn't assault him and they're not going to be executed? What yeah, the hell? No. They still executed him. Tea. I mean, they still assaulted him. I, Either they I assaulted him the or they didn't this, assault him. They still attempted to execute him. That whole wrap-up made tea no party. sense. clearly like some like kind of uh, the caricature of some like Tin pot Central American dictator. dictator. I, I was guessing right-wing, but go, go on. Yeah, I... I think you, it could go either way. Yeah, he's some kind of their friend T. Yeah. Party. What kind of window dressing he puts on it. He's a military dictator. <laughs> he's a military dictator. If for he sure. wants this, if he wants this fucking factory, why doesn't he just take it? Just take the fucking just take factory. The factory. Just nationalize it. Yeah. Or I guess I mean I guess maybe then Scrooge McDuck is gonna call his buddies in Washington. He probably say, has like, friends you know, in the State you Department. Take this motherfucker well, out. Does he even live in the United States? Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. But Duckburg. Duckburg is Duckburg, Duckburg, Duckburg 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 the capital of America. But he, he was Scottish. He immigrated. He immigrated. He was a poor immigrant. He's got oh, his, right. American his, got his ethnicity was Scottish. And then he uh, realized that he should work smarter, not harder. See, I think this episode is like really interesting for the first act, and then it sort of falls apart into uh, kind of blase, you know, just basically... Typical, you know, slightly above average, you know, kids TV. They, but they, the, but the original premise, far. original premise is, is pretty they interesting. But the whole, like, they didn't need all that side plot with the dictator and the launch pad McQuaid. Yeah, what becomes the, 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 the entire plot. Yeah, the, yeah, just the idea of like fooling the whole world. Yeah, they didn't need a plot. And kind of, you know, yeah. like shooting yourself in the foot by trying to do something sort of like, like kind of essentially a prank. That Their friend, kind of, Tea Party. You know, affecting the whole world. Yeah, I didn't remember that and whole the spiraling out of control. Yeah, no, I didn't either. So as a second half, you thought flowers of disgust the dot shoes. And they were like, oh, <laughs> nope. Sales over. Well, that was the twist. And now that, you've that, lost that a day of your life. You kind of, went that was a twist that kind of blew then. your mind. Yeah, like, oh, I feel like I feel like that over. would be a good a good ethics. ending. But, like, that's what I mean by yeah. Basically, the basically the lesson is be careful what you wish for. It sounds like be careful how you conspire to achieve. Yeah, it sounds like go to the bike shop before you go to school. Right. Before it all trickles down. Danny, it sounds like your idea of ethics is basically if you're going to trick someone, make sure it doesn't backfire on you. Yeah. Yeah. Is that ethical? I think it is more. I think it (laughs) is. Because that's their point of view. It is more ethical. I mean, I, I guess that would make him more of a consequentialist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make it well. You are listening to Bear Friend Tea Party. I mean, I think you certainly could, not deontological. I think you could. Um, I think you could. A podcast. You've made you. Name We're of the very knowledgeable. Is ethics panel. <laughs> you know, I think you could uh, uh, probably put that stance in different uh, different 
ethical frameworks and probably make it come out. Certainly They're virtue ethics. Virtue ethics, I could see. The virtues that you that you aspire to are like cunning. I don't really understand virtue ethics. I know, I think right? It's kind it's of confusing. a cop out. Like, like, what if your virtues are just like <laughs> having good consequences? Yeah, I mean, I don't like, know if that would. How is that not just <laughs> consequential? I mean, what if you, what if you could say the same thing for deontology, right? Like, what if your, what if your rule that you're following is do whatever yes. has good consequences? Well, that's the thing. I mean, and this is probably true of a lot of philosophical schools. Are there really that many dogs? Like, are Dog. there really different Dog. schools, or are Vulture they just like pig. different ways of saying the same thing? That's a pig. I mean, I think. And I think that's the closest you can I get think to, to a some extent, yeah, it's you can. A lot of those schools like, are you, you can get to the same place like or, or, or uh, take the like same ethic, French dog, and just do it from different perspectives or put it within a different framework. And I'm kind of a pragmatist about all this. I just well, you know, if it if it if it gets you. It is where kind of you need to go. I know it's not pretty to look at, but then go for it. Uh, no, isn't that statement kind of a consequentialist? <laughs> I mean, pragmatism is kind of a consequentialist. Um, it gets, it gets, gets getting you where you need to go. Isn't that statement kind of a consequentialist? It gets getting you where you need to go. Maybe it's I mean, because it's not about that. This is not good podcast material right now.